It's the next episode of them Asperger's. That was bad. What? I didn't like that intro. What was wrong with that intro? <laughs> it was annoying. <laughs> uh, okay, well, welcome to a new week of them Asperger's. Uh, thanks, everybody, that's still listening to this. Yeah. Yeah? Thank you. I have finally sorted out the Facebook page problem. Inside the bubble's gone. Uh, I've made them Asperger's as a Facebook page. Um, I've been told there's been some reviews on iTunes about us. Somebody on there mentioned that we should be on social media so they can contact us. So, to that effect, I've made a Twitter account and an Instagram account. (laughs) So now we've got them Asperger's on all of them. I'll try and, once we put this out, get them shared to each one. Yeah. So if anybody does It's like just their us, mass badges on everything, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. Uh nobody's ever used that, so I don't have to worry about Yeah. Anyone getting about. So that's that's good. Um and also Thank you for your reviews as well. They're really nice. So. Yeah? Yeah yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Seems to do well. People like the burger to burger conversations. <laughs> Uh, and somebody mentioned that we're not too jolly, which they enjoy. Yeah. Apparently, a lot of Asperger podcasts are um, have a lot of music and like really upbeat people. Yeah, I was going to say like sometimes we're really happy and sometimes we talk about things. And it's really not jolly. Uh, no, no, it isn't. <laughs> well, it's just a bit. I don't know. I guess there's yeah. like sometimes we finish episodes and go, "Oh, that was a bit serious." For the whole thing, but yeah, but that seems to be that seems to be okay. Okay, uh, no one's told us to cheer up. Yeah, so, <laughs> there's that. Anyway, so this week we're going back to the list. The list. The list. The list. Uh, and the list is the next one we're going to talk about is stimming. Is next this week? Yeah. Um, initially I was worried that I know nothing about stimming, so I thought that, um, this would just be a you thing, because uh, you are quite the stimmer. Queen stimmer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, like, so I wouldn't want to look it up too much, because I didn't want to start doing, like, research into it, because I just figured, like, most of our podcasts are about mining your experiences, there's people out there that have listened to this that have said that... Uh, we're talking about things that they also experience. So it, this seems okay. I didn't want to like overlook it, but I just, I had a look because I was worried that you'd talk about it all the way through this episode and I'd like not be able to contribute anything. Yeah. But then I found loads of weird stuff that's classed as stimming that I realised, oh wait, no, I do that. So that's... Uh, oh, that'd be interesting. That'd be a good thing to talk about as well. Because um, apparently like everyone stims, uh, autistic or not. Okay. So apparently regular people, well, the neurotypical people stim as well. Um, for those that aren't sure what stimming is, it's just stimulating or stimulation or it's something you do. For example, the NT stims are people that like bite their nails, um, people that like twiddle their hair when they're talking. Drum their fingers against a table. Yeah, tapping pens on stuff. Yeah. But apparently like the Asperger autistic stims are... Um, are completely different and apparently it's one of the key things that will help someone identify if someone's autistic Um, because they're ones like um, repeating certain words over and over again 
flapping their hands about in front of their face. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of some others now that I've seen do. Uh, I guess there's like hair pulling, but things things like that. Yeah. Uh, so autistic stims are apparently they're more obvious. And the, I was reading something that said that they think that everybody who is on the spectrum will have some of these stims. I just didn't think I did. Uh, so I just thought, well, not everyone. Yeah. But then I looked into what they were classing as it. And um, yeah, I've got a few. That'd be interesting. Um, but starting with yourself, because you are the, you stim all the time. Uh, your main one being uh, the touching, the touching yeah. of everything. Um, but you can explain that, seeing as you're the one that does it. I didn't really know it was stimming until not that long ago. But yeah, I've always liked stroking soft things. I've like a, I've mentioned it before, but like that I really like soft things. When I was younger, I used to have. Um, pillows that I slept with that were really soft and I used to just stroke them before I went to bed or whenever I was in my bedroom so if I was like watching tv in the bedroom or something I'd stroke the soft pillows and now um now I have different things I have like a little cushion that's really soft I chuck the pillow away because well you told me it was gross (laughs) it was gross I wasn't actually sure it was a pillow (laughs) when you said it was soft it looked like It's hard to explain what it looked like. Uh, I think I explained it was like Freddy Krueger's face. I think I started referring to that pillow every time I saw it as Krueger. Yeah. So um, I chucked that away when I moved flat. Now I've got like a small cushion, but also I've got like soft blankets. Um, I've got tops that I like that are really soft that I'll stroke. So I use it um, during the day as well or whenever. I use it to calm myself down all the time. So I'll wear tops that are a really soft material and then I won't stop just stroking them when I'm wearing them or if I'm feeling like if I'm feeling a bit down or stressed out or anything when I get home I always get into the blanket um so that I'm just like surrounded in the softness and I'll rub like my feet against it and my hands against it so I guess that's the main way I stim because I do that all the time do you do it in public um yes if i'm if i feel really uh so if i'm feeling really anxious or worked up or for some reason i really don't want to go downtown because that that definitely happens to me like there'll be days on my days off where if i if something's happened that's just messed with my head and i don't want to go out in public but i need to like get the food shopping or something i'll take my bag with me but i'll have the top in my bag and i'll just have my hand in there stroking it as i walk around um just to I I don't really know what it does because it's not something I really think about I just automatically do it but I think it's just I guess it's the stimulations maybe if I'm focused on stroking that I'm not focused on the fact that I'm out I don't know like it's definitely a weird I can tell that it just calms me down without having to think about it if I feel stressed or anxious if I start stroking something soft it does it it doesn't make the thing go away, but it definitely just makes me calmer. Um, but I, I don't know why and I can't explain it, but I guess that's the just the stimulation is... Yeah, I um, like I said, I didn't want to over 
research this and look at like what the outcome is or what why it's done yeah because um, like i say i know very little about it but if if i did look up what was done like i feel like with the way asperger's is and you know you tend to read something and then take it as that's what it is so i think i would have read this is why people on the spectrum stim um and then i would have been like oh um i i i'd assume that's what it was and then I'd try and like bend this conversation into this yeah. is why it's done. So I didn't do that because I wanted to sort of get more of a natural, why do you think you do it? Well, yeah, I think I, well, I think I do it for loads of reasons. I think I do it to calm myself down and definitely know that it has that effect, but it's not like I, I only have the pillow to stroke when I'm stressed or anxious. I also just use it because I like it. I've always liked it. It's just something that I enjoy doing. It's, it's, it's like a hobby. I don't know. Like when I was younger, I'd, if I if I was sat in bed or I was near my pillow, I'd be stroking it because I enjoy doing it. And that's what I'm like in my flat now. So if I'm sat watching TV or I'm reading, I'll have something soft near me and I'll just be stroking it just because I like it. So I use it to calm myself down, but I just use it whenever I can. Also in a just a calming way, I guess. Yeah. Um, one, I've noticed about you that I've always commented on and you pretend like you don't do it, is the stomping. You're a stomper. Like, when you come up and down stairs. Like, if you ever come around to my flat, like, there's loads of people coming in out of this building. Like, there's a few flats in here. Um, but I know when it's you that's coming, coming into the flat because of the sound of you coming upstairs is is loud. Do you know what I mean? And like, you're quite small. <laughs> right? You're not that big. You don't weigh anything really. Um, but equally, every time I hear you coming upstairs, I can hear you coming upstairs. When we go like running, like you're loud when you run. Um, and same when you walk, I think. Actually, I don't know about you walking. I think you walk. I think I walk normally. I think you walk normally, but you're quite definitely like a stomper. You like to like really like, push your feet into the floor which when I had the sensory therapist she said that this was sensory feedback and is also classed as a form of stimming okay but you don't seem to be aware of the fact you're doing it and every time I tell you that I can hear you coming upstairs and you must know that I do because I'm usually got my door open and I'm out on my landing before you've got upstairs so you're just like and you're always like oh how did you know I was (laughs) how did you know I was here and I was like yeah I can tell yeah, well, I think originally you'd say that I'd stomped up the stairs and I thought you were joking. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess now I'm starting to accept that maybe. Yeah, um, you just, I don't know, like, do you, do you even know you're doing it? Like, do you get any, like, sort of feeling from... No. From slamming like, your feet into oh, yeah. the floor? Do you notice that you're doing it? No, I have no idea that I'm doing it. I, um, I've never thought that I was loud but yeah you said that I am so but I don't it's yeah it's never something that I think oh I really like the feeling of my feet slamming into the ground or anything like that I guess to an extent when I first started running I remember having this thing of I really like the feeling of my feet running yeah but I always just associated that with um just enjoying running and you hear people say it all the time like oh I just want to I just want to I don't know, feel my feet 
slap the ground repeatedly like uh just because they enjoy running and everything that running gives them so maybe my thing for running is more of a sensory thing um but i've never really thought about it and i i I honestly couldn't tell you like I don't there's nothing now that's going in my head like yeah that's because you like the feeling of it on your feet I don't I don't think that but it maybe that's true and I just don't yeah well don't I realize. Keep doing it. yeah like there's some stuff that you don't realize you're doing until somebody points it out yeah um like my ex told me that I used to well I still do I just there's no one around telling me I'm doing it anymore but apparently, like, I drag myself against walls. So, like, when I'm walking against a wall, um, I'll put, like, the top part of my arm and my shoulder on the wall and then sort of, like, drag myself against it as I'm walking. Um, and apparently I do it from time to time. Not always, but there are times when I will do that. Or if I'm sat with, like, my back to the wall, I'll, like, start moving, like, rocking slightly. And rocking's one of those uh, stims that people on the spectrum do that if you see someone rock when they're sat like that's usually like people look at people that do that as crazy yeah. but apparently like the rocking or like head bobbing or that kind of thing is an autistic stim um and yeah like i i mean i don't rock but like if i'm sat with my back on something i'll start like just gently like moving my back against it and like rubbing like my back against like walls and stuff um, yeah, which is one of the ones that I didn't realise I did. But um, I think it might be, like, more of a distraction for stims. I think they're, they are a way to, like... I don't know if it's if you're feeling, like, anxious or that kind of thing. Because obviously, in your case, you do the, the touch thing all the time. But does yeah. that mean that you've got, like, anxiety constantly? No, but I think people people on the spectrum are usually like constantly thinking and I think like their brains not that NT people aren't but I think like with Asperger's you're constantly thinking about maybe different things um, like things to do with your routine and just rumination in general so I think maybe stimming is a, just a way to try and put your focus into something so that you can not be thinking all these thoughts all up do you know what i mean yeah. i think it might be to do with that yeah yeah maybe um like repetition of words and stuff uh was another one i saw um okay. i would say that's something i do um but they reckon like doing it in like odd voices and that kind of thing oh that's definitely you it's classed as like a, a stim thing. Like I say certain words or do things in weird voices all the time. I think. Yeah. Um, and it'll just be the odd sentence or the odd um, thing where I'll put on a different voice to do it. And yeah, apparently that's classed as like one of the more autistic stims because it it does look weird if you talk to someone or say... And I don't say stuff that's relevant um, or say stuff that's... Um, like it's not like I say the sentence I was gonna say yeah. to somebody, but just in a different voice. I'll say random phrases yeah, that do. like have nothing to do with the conversation, uh, and I'll do it in like a different accent or a slightly different voice that have nothing to do with anything. Um, yeah. I've always done it. I don't know why I do it. Uh, I also make random noises for yeah, no reason, um, which is also I've read is um, classed as a stim. So just making 
and I'll just yeah, I make like certain like screeching noises yeah. or like um and it'll just be at random, like there'll just be weird things where I'll be stood in a certain bit, like or walking around and I'll just make a noise that doesn't make any sense and it'll just come out of anywhere and it's just like and I always get like people always go, Was that you? And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> um one thing I've noticed about you with the random noises is um like you do it you'll do it randomly and sporadically but i noticed that you do it more when um so like you tend to do it more for example at work if we've been at work and it's been a long day mm. you do it more towards the end um and i don't know whether that's just because you've been at work for a long time and now you're maybe getting bored or you've had too much of because obviously working with the public you it's a lot of it's a lot for someone on the spectrum because that's not it's not pleasant so maybe it's something to do with that but I definitely notice that it's towards the end of the day at work I don't really notice it if we've like had a day off together and we've hung out I don't notice that you start doing it at the end of the day then yeah but definitely at work it's something that you do a lot more towards the end yeah yeah definitely um but I don't know I've done it most of the time um, or I don't do it and think about doing it before I do it. I tend to just do it and then, like, I just tend to look around like, oh, and then most of the time nobody's noticed or no yeah. one's saying anything. So I just kind of think, oh, that's okay. But then I guess the people we work with, we work with for a while, it might just be a case of they have just got used to it. Yeah, I mean, the people we work with are... <laughs> It's not like an office environment. We mm. don't have like this level of behaving professional. So everyone's quite chill and it's not the weirdest thing that anyone does at our job really, is it? So I think maybe it's just a... People yeah. don't think about it. I suppose not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, can you think of any others apart from the touch thing for you that you do? Um. Any weird... Like hand movements or like, do you ever like, you're not a nail biter or anything like that? Yeah. I'm not a nail biter. I've never been a nail biter. A thing that I do, I don't do it very often, but a thing that I used to do a lot more when I was younger and I still enjoy it now. I don't know if this is stimming or just, I just like the feeling. But when I was younger, I used to squeeze my nose really hard. So yeah. it really hurts. Um, but I kind of, it's like a weird, it's a weird in-between between pain and kind of liking the feeling. So I used to squeeze my nose really hard. Um, I also used to use my tongue to push my mouth out as far as I can, like all around my mouth, like my cheeks in front of my teeth. And that was, again, it was a weird sort of, there was pain to it, but also it kind of felt nice. Um, and that's something that, I still do from time to time, but when I was younger, I used to do it all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, I like to touch uh, spiky surfaces. Yeah. It's the same thing there. Like, I'll do it all the time. If I know something sharp or got a point on it, I'll touch it. Um, and I'll touch it every time when I see it. Uh, not to, like, cut myself or anything, but just enough so I know that it is. It's the same with, like, because um, we have a different perspective on this one, but... Um, like, even though you touch soft surfaces, I like to touch things that are, like, you know, like, sides of, like, buildings that have, like, that weird brick that's, yeah. like, really, like, rough. Um, 
like I like to like touch that kind of stuff or anything that's got like sandpapery, like really like hard textures. Um, and yeah, I've never thought about like having it near me when I'm feeling like stressed or anxious. Uh, this is just more of a, if it's there, I'll touch it. But like, I guess I can't bring a brick into work and have it yeah. like, near the counter. Um, but yeah, I mean, is it, I can't, I can't decide if it's just an anxiety thing or not, or if it's a stress thing or it's just something people do to, I suppose, keep focus. Like I was told by the sensory therapist that it can be a way to like keep you concentrated or like on something, you know, to to keep you like, um, yeah, in the thing. Because I mean, have you ever tried not doing it when you don't want to do it? So say you want to touch something soft or you want to do the stim that you want to do. Have you ever tried not doing it and to see what happens? Um, Or like if you haven't, like what do you think will happen if you don't do it? I have when I was younger um, and a little bit more recently. But when I was younger, my mum once got fed up of how disgusting my pillows were because they were bad. Um, so just took them off me. Um, but then I could not get to sleep at all. Um, like I I did eventually, but it took me ages, like ages and ages to get to sleep. And I'm still like that now. If I don't have anything soft, um, I do really struggle to get to sleep, which is weird because I, that's not a thing that happens to me either. I'm not one of those people that stays up or has any trouble getting to sleep. I can I can fall asleep as soon as my head hits the pillow, as long as I've got something soft to stroke. So you have to stim yourself to sleep? Yeah, I guess so. Which is weird, because I, I don't find it difficult to fall asleep at all. I never have. I'm really good at just falling asleep. But if I haven't got something soft, it just doesn't happen. Okay. So if you stim, you're asleep straight away. If you don't stim, you just stay awake? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know whether that's... Uh, maybe, like, I don't think that's to do with sleeping maybe it's to do with the relaxing or it's to do with the not thinking too much because you're focused on stimming I don't know what it is but yeah yeah like it does seem to be like a way to um keep calm like I I don't know like when I do the voices and stuff or the weird noises I do feel like it's a distraction yeah um but yeah these are the ones that make you more autistically obvious apparently like um people that do them in public are seen as like you can tell there's something different with them apparently if you do if you if your stims are the normal ones like i said like tapping pens on counters or twiddling your hair or that kind of thing it's seen as the norm yeah but apparently the the ones that autistic people do um are like key and i don't know i don't think like watching you like rub something soft constantly like is a sign that you're autistic but then I can't think of like if I've seen anyone NT do that one so I suppose if someone caught you doing it all the time and if you're always doing it it does look a bit like you know like children with like comfort blankets or that kind of thing it looks not autistic but it looks like you haven't like got got past that got out of that phase so I don't know if that's like a Yeah. A thing that that's what would make it more obvious. Because you don't have any that I think, well, they're like weird. I think my like making random noises in public or talking to people, I'll just talk to people in weird accents. 
And sometimes I'll continue to talk in that accent for ages. Yeah. Um, I've done it with you a few times where you've told me to stop doing it <laughs> and I'm still doing it. Um, so I think like mine are more and like the dragging against walls and like that kind of thing. And like if I do look like I'm rocking when I'm sat, um, same thing. I think mine appear more autistic than than your ones. So yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if you've got any others apart from those two. Like the force feedback stuff of like, stomping up and down stairs and like slamming your feet into the floor like i don't think you've realized that you do that one and but yeah you uh <laughs> you definitely do um but like i think you have the ones that like and i don't have but you have the the bad ones as well like i've talked about like there's bad stims so um a lot of people on the spectrum have the ones that um you know like tags in clothing Oh, yeah. Wait, is that a stim? Yeah, apparently, because it's a negative one, because it's it's in your clothes. Yeah. Um, and a lot of a lot of people on the spectrum don't like tags in clothes. They cut yeah. them out. Um, and it's the negative stimulation of it, because it's not, obviously, it's not sharp. It's not, um, it doesn't dig in. It's not like it's injuring you. But it's all you think about, yeah. you know, when it's there, when the tag's in there, and it's, like, sticking into your... Like, no, I, I don't know. That's not a hundred percent just people on the spectrum, though. Um, I know people that aren't. That... Yeah, but like people that aren't do it, just sort of go. Oh, I've got this tag. This tag's annoying. But when you're on the spectrum, like you just start thinking about the tag. Well, it's itchy. Yeah, it's but so you know itchy. what I mean. Like, NT people can have the tag in the clothes, have yeah. the tag rub them when they're talking to people, um, but then not care. You know, like, yeah. just be like, yeah, it is a bit irritating, but whatever, I'll cut it out when I get a chance. Whereas when you're on the spectrum and that thing's bothering you, it starts becoming the only thing you're thinking about. And people are having conversations with you, but you're just thinking about the tag. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it pulls focus from everything you're doing. Like, yesterday was the same. Like, you had those tags in your jeans. And, like, the way you were about me having to cut it out for you, <laughs> like, it was like, it has to be done right now. Like, that's it. I can't. I can't go on with... I can't live anymore yeah, with this tags in my jeans. Because I'd had the tag in my jeans for a while. Yeah, exactly. But, like, do you know what I mean? Like, the the, the drama of it, <laughs> when you were like, get it, get it cut out, cut it out now. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's not, in a sense, like, a normal thing. Um, and they're all, like, negative, negative stims as well that also have, like, I think, the um, opposite effect. I think we have one more positive stim. Oh, okay. Um, well, I think we both have it with chewing gum. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, um, chewing in general. Well, I don't chew as much gum as you do. I chew gum for the... This, it's more of a sensory thing for me. So it's more for the um, minty, like, taste of it. I like the taste of... Uh, of the thing like but then again yeah I suppose I'll chew it to the point where it doesn't taste like anything anymore yeah. and I'll still be chewing it I suppose chewing yeah chewing could is probably definitely a, a stim um, but then like do you chew stuff that's not gum like do you ever just find yourself biting things um, yeah I like to chew things till my jaw aches and I like the and maybe that's a sensory thing if I like the ache in my jaw right so I mean, most of the time it's been gum, but there have been times where I've been biting things, just using like the properly the side of my mouth, right? 
um, that are definitely too hard to, like, I can't bite through them, but I'll just sort of gnaw on them, even if it's not food, just to get the ache in my mouth. Yeah, I mean... Do you need to do that all the time, or do you think that comes up like at various, various no, points? No, I don't need to. Like... I don't need to do it all the time. But I know that when I'm at work, I like to always have gum in. If I haven't got gum when I'm at work, then I feel more on edge. I find that the gum is almost like a safety thing for me. It makes me feel. I guess. I guess maybe it's the distraction of it. But I know that definitely when I'm at work, I like to have gum. And if I don't, I I, I notice that I don't have it. It's a, like a thing in my brain goes, you haven't got any gum. Like gum right. would make you feel better now. Um, and then I don't chew as much um, gum when I'm on my own or not at work. But I definitely... If, if I see a pack of gum, I always want it. I always want to have the sensation of chewing. Like, I don't have it because I feel like I need to make my breath minty fresh. Like, it's all... It's the enjoyment that I get from chewing it. Mm. So, and I... I don't do it as much anymore, but when I used to live... Um, I used to live in quite a... Just a one... A one-room place with my ex-boyfriend and I think um when we lived together I chewed a lot of gum when I was in the flat as well yeah I don't know if that was a because it wasn't like the living together I think it was just the prop the it was so small it was smaller than your living room like I mean you know where I used to live yeah I've seen it I've been there yeah it was just it was just a studio flat so it's just one room um and I used to chew a lot of gum in it, I mean, when you first came round, do you remember there was just gum everywhere? Yeah, you did have a lot of like multi packs of gum, uh, and yeah, you do go through it when we're at work. They get yeah. those big like plastic uh, bottles of gum. Yeah. Um, and you do seem to constantly need gum to be chewing. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that's definitely a STEM thing. But then, like, does that mean that you're always anxious when we're at work, like all the time, all the way through it? Like, do you feel that? Like a calming relief once you start the stem of chewing. So like once it's yeah. in there and things, do you feel like a wave of like calm? Yeah. Yeah, like I'm... Always, I would say, yeah, I am always anxious when I'm at work, but not like extremely. I get I get extremely anxious with things like when I'm having to deal with customers shouting at me. That's like a real anxious. But I'm always just a little bit on edge. Um, I think at this point, because it just sometimes you don't expect it and then all of a sudden you can be getting shouted at and it is kind of a almost sort of volatile place to be in in that sense especially with us being management because you hear like a customer's getting annoyed like more and more annoyed and you know that it's going to have to be you that goes over there to sort of deal with the situations there is always just a just a small sense of oh god like what's going to happen next sort of thing but like if you had the gum yeah it's easier to deal with yeah definitely and I, and like i it it is small it's not like i can't i can't be at work because of how horrific my anxiety is it's not like that at all yeah um, cuz you just you just wouldn't go there have yeah. been situations where you can't go through with it 
and you've just not gone. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's been, I can think of a few times where we're supposed to have done something and you just didn't do it. So, yeah, yeah. I get that. But, yeah, it's just, it's just, a, it's just lightly. So I think the gum helps. But that was just one that I thought we both did. Um, I didn't have gum up until we started uh, hanging out. Before then, I, I'm not really like a, I don't need the gum. But then, like, it's it's an odd one because I I know there's you can cover it so like some some kids are like I don't know if it's becoming more acceptable now for people on the spectrum to stim in public but I know that I was reading something about parenting or something to do with autism or that kind of thing and they said that there's a lot of people that try and like mask their stims now and I don't know if I would have more and I just choose to not do them. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if I realise that certain ones I have are weird um, because people have commented on the past that, you know, it's odd that you do that. Um, like, I don't know if you ever noticed it, but I do it all the time. Um, I stand differently to everybody else when I'm stood still. I do, like, a weird leg crossy thing. Yeah. Um, it's hard to explain. Yeah. But I do it everywhere. Yeah. When I stop, I, for some reason my legs cross over and I stand in an odd position. I don't do it anywhere except when I'm in public. Um, it's... Oh, that's interesting. It's weird. I only do it like when I'm at work, if I'm in supermarkets. When I go to stand still, I won't stand like feet to feet. It's hard to explain what I do, but uh, it's kind of like my right leg crosses over my left leg and I stand like that. Yeah. Um... And it's something I've only ever done in public. Uh, it's something that it's been commented on by people in the past that have said, you know, you stand weird. Um, and the thing is, is when I'm stood like that, I like to distribute weight from like one leg to another. Okay. Um, so like you can't tell I'm doing it because the movement's really subtle. But like I like try and move all my weight to like one leg, then to the back leg, then to the front leg <laughs> while I'm stood. And I'll only do it like in public. And it's when I'm... Like, I've noticed I'll do it in supermarkets when I'm still looking at trying to decide what I'm going to get for food and that kind of thing. Or I'll do it when I'm at work and talking to someone. Um, and yeah, it's it's definitely something that, because I knew we were going to do this subject of stimming, I knew yeah. that we were going to do it early. I've kind of been watching my week. Yeah. And just seeing if the stuff I do. And that's one of them. Um, like, at the moment, I... I yeah we've we've had I think we've had, well, we haven't had a stressful week but we had a stressful day at work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we did. Like not yesterday, but the day before. And I was trying to look at ones we were doing during that period, uh, or like stims that I was doing to try and bring myself like back to normal. Um, and yeah, the standing one was there. Um, at the moment, I've got a plaster on the end of my finger, which I use for. Every time I've got one, I do this, which is what I'm doing now. You've got to oh, it, yeah. I do that a lot, like while I'm sat. So, so you're like rubbing against the plaster. Yeah, with my thumb. Um, it's on my index finger, and yeah, so like that's that's something I've noticed I'm doing. But it's not like oh, I should just put a plaster on my finger every time because that would do it. Even though I have found it more calming to have that. I've noticed with elastic bands as well. Actually, that's another one. We have a lot of elastic bands at work. I don't know if you ever noticed, but I always have one along my three fingers, yeah. uh, and I tend to flick it. Yeah. Or like stretch it out and like put it like against my skin in general. Um and yeah, I must do it only during an anxiety thing. Obviously you need it to sleep with the Yeah. Touching of stuff. 
but it must be an anxious thing. So I guess it's a good indicator to tell if somebody on the spectrum or if you know somebody on the spectrum, um, if they have these stims, it means that something's more likely worrying them or bothering them. Um, I don't know if there's... Because I can't think of a situation where I know a stim makes me happy and I'm feeling a bit like, I don't know, like meh about everything and yeah. I, I do a stim and then I'm like in a good mood I can't think of that I'm sure it does exist but I, as far as I can tell with me and you is all the stims are just as a way to deal with um anxiety yeah um but I I think there are stims that help people with other emotions as well so I think some stims make certain people on the spectrum feel happy so they do them to make, put themselves in a good mood I can't think of any in particular that I do but like I said before and I've mentioned in previous podcasts I'm someone that hides all my autistic traits yeah um I've worked out what the majority of them are um apart from the involuntary ones I'm good at hiding them and I think with stims um like I'm not 100% sure but I imagine I had ones when I was younger that were way more yeah um and I think I've learned to replace them with ones that are less obvious yeah um and i've tried to swap them out but then like i think my anxiety levels my anxiety levels in general are usually quite high um but i'm really good at pretending like they're not so um i'm always like i don't know if you i mean you know me but like i always try and come off like quite calm and um yeah normal uh but I know that internally, like I'm quite an anxious person, but I don't ever, I don't ever show it. Um, but then I worry, like because if I'm not doing the stims anymore as well, or I've tried to suppress them, if it is a good way of coping with anxiety, it might be like an idea of bringing them back. But then, like when I saw a sensory therapist, they gave me like fidget cubes and that spiky ball, yeah. uh, and like things to. Because the fidget cube definitely is a... And the Jumbo fidget spinners when they yeah. were a thing. Like, obviously, um, they were... I remember reading that they were originally, like, autistic toys. Yeah. Uh, and they'd definitely be a form of stimming is messing with something yeah. like that. Uh, the spinners or, yeah, the cubes or... Um, just having something that's... Like, the spiky ball. The spiky ball I've got, it's hard to explain, but, you know, like, those... I'm not explaining to you. You know what they are. You've seen yeah. it. Um, but they're like those spiky balls you're supposed to put in tumble dryers yeah, and do the, something to close. Yeah. Um, squeezing them um, because it like they're spiky, they're hard, and they kind of like stab into your hands is definitely like a form of of stimming there. But using um, those sort of ones, so like the squeezing of the ball and that kind of thing. Once I'd seen the sensory therapist and they were telling me to. Um, use that kind of stuff yeah. uh, as a way of like coping when I was out and about. She was like, keep something like that on you to use it as a form of stimulation to keep yourself calm. I couldn't do it. So I tried. Um, I brought that Red Bull. I took it with me occasionally from yeah. time to time. Uh, same with like the fidget cube. I try and bring it in. But the trouble was is I didn't want to get it out in public uh, I think there was a there was a time when I got the red spiky ball out. I was at a meeting somewhere. I can't remember where it was. Um, and I was squeezing it, uh, like, under the... Tab, like I was at it under the desk uh, so no one could see it. The trouble is, it's a ball, and it's quite a big ball. Um, and I dropped it. And I dropped it, and it rolled under the table and hit somebody else, like, other side of the room's foot. 
So they went under the table, picked it up and oh, put it on the no. desk and was like, what's this? And I, I had to just look at them like, uh, that's mine. And they're like, what is it? And I'm just like, can you just give me it back? <laughs> <laughs> and they just gave me it back. But then everyone was looking at me just like, why was he playing with a spiky ball under the counter? And obviously, like in my case, because I try and like present myself normal all the time. Yeah. I found that having stuff like that on me looks weird yeah and people are just looking at me like why has he got that why does he use that um so i like more normal ones like uh like elastic bands or plasters on my fingers or that kind of thing just because i know i'm gonna need them um but like i don't know that i'm gonna need them this is the thing that i suppose what i'm saying is i don't do it on intentionally i don't think like oh i started work elastic bands on the finger i'm wearing like the plaster on the finger like yeah I'm set for the day. It's just like, you just find yourself doing them and it isn't till like a good like 10, 15 minutes into doing it, you just sort of look and go, oh, I'm doing this. And it isn't till you like you've got that awareness or knowledge of it um, that you then start realising you're doing it. Um, but I've never really thought about why. I just think it's something I do. Um, but yeah, the the ones like the ball and the the cube and that kind of thing, I can't do them because they go against my whole not trying to appear autistic. But I imagine if I got over feeling that way, I probably could just use them in public and yeah. they'd probably be better for me than what I've got now. Because I think at the moment now, like the ones I use are too like toned down that they yeah. don't really they don't really work. Um and like unlike you I don't have any like bedtime ones. So sometimes I just get home and think about the same thing over and over again. But I think if I'd have had the stim at the time while it was happening, I think it would just wouldn't matter. I think in the situations like you said, when you've been chewing gum, when you've been talking to people, there have been times where people have been like proper shouting at you and having a go, but you've had the gum uh, and you've just come out of it like it didn't happen and you've not noticed. Yeah. Um, So I think it's definitely a a good thing. Um, I know that, it's, it's different now because people are more accepting of Asperger's and if they've got kids on the spectrum, they let them do it in public. But I know that I was reading that people that are older um, were taught to stop it. You know, like yeah. we, you do stuff like playing with something or messing with something or fidgeting. Um, yeah, because, you're told to sit still. Yeah, because it was a comforting thing and it yeah. makes you feel better. But parents at the time were just like, that's weird, stop doing that. Like, So they yeah. stopped them from doing it. And yeah, I don't know what like long-term effect that has on somebody on the spectrum if they can't stim um like I don't know with me like I I've I think I've got I've got like some health issues now I think related to the fact that I couldn't just stim it away maybe if you stim constantly the anxiety sort of goes with it yeah you know um but yeah it was just a yeah I just thought were you gonna no no I think that's a I think that's interesting though yeah. Because um, all I can think of is it's it's just a way to cope with mainly stress and anxiety um, to do them. And when somebody on the spectrum, especially someone that's not a late diagnosis and got diagnosed early, I've noticed that when I've observed other people on the spectrum and their anxiety levels are going up, that they their stims become more vigorous. Yeah. Uh like they'd start doing things more differently, like pulling at their clothes or yeah. doing the, the autistic stims and they'll, they'll become more like rapid or more. And yeah, if you start doing them in public, it it definitely shows that there's something 
Do you mean like say if you just start like grabbing your t-shirt and just pulling it, letting go, pulling it, and yeah. letting go in public? Like it definitely looks different to everything else you're normally seeing, which is yeah. why I think it was like covered up when people were younger um, and before you know the undiagnosed. But then the diagnosed, I think they're allowed to just do it yeah. in public um, because it's already out there that they've got it anyway. Um, so yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention, uh, and like, don't talk about it if you don't want to talk about it, but there's a different type of stim that you do that I don't do. Yeah. Or that I don't think I do, which is the that article that you read, the blog thing about, what did they call it? Dark stimming. The dark side of stimming. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know very little about this one, but like, obviously I know you do it because I've seen the after effects <laughs> knowing you've done it. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I mean, how would you explain it? Because I don't want to say it's self-harm because I don't class it as like self-harm. Yeah. But it's it's more like, is it, is it like a pain stim? Yeah, I suppose. Um, like it, it, it is self-harm, but it's not um, like it doesn't come from a place of, or at least for me, it doesn't come from a place of like depression or wanting to hurt myself um so when i do it it's when i'm having a meltdown yeah um and it's usually i think what i use it for because i don't i don't think now i'm gonna do this and it's not like an active choice but i think the reason why i do it is to try and pull myself out of the meltdown right um so it's either to try and stop myself having a meltdown because sometimes it happens like before when i'm feeling really worked up but before i've actually started having a meltdown or I just use it, it's like a, I don't know, I think it's just a distraction. It's trying to get myself out of that mindset. Um, but it's sort of, yeah, um, I punch things or yeah, like I'll, I'll punch things, but I'll punch things that I know will like hurt my hands and I'll try and like almost like try and make my hands bleed if I can and I'll like hit my head. Yeah, yeah, I've seen you do that. Yeah, or I'll try, I'll hit my head with my hands or I'll try and hit my head against something. And I think in my head, I think that will stop the thoughts going round. Um, you scream really loudly. I scream really loudly. I would um, say that's definitely a stim. Yeah. I didn't know that that was a stim or I didn't know why I did that. But from, because I've read this article, apparently when you're screaming really loudly, it's to try and block out the thoughts like so if you can scream almost like above your thoughts and then you can't hear them but yeah i do i definitely scream um yeah i mean i'm surprised your neighbors have never said anything i can't believe my neighbors have never said anything because it's, it's always really loud it is re it's really loud it's hideously loud it's not like it like i don't have it doesn't happen every time and it's not like every time i have a meltdown it happens but it's definitely something i think the worse the meltdown the more likely i am to do it but yeah the screaming the punching and just just even just like sometimes i'll just like rub my hands against something that hurts and I know it hurts. Yeah, I mean, there's been a few times. I mean, I'm used to it now, but there are times when you're coming to work and your hands are quite cut up. Um, and, you know, it looks like you've had like a cat or something. It's like yeah. those sort of marks. Um, and I know for a lot of people, they notice it and are a little bit like, oh, should I ask? Shouldn't I ask? But for me, I know you've just had a bad meltdown now. Yeah. Uh, if I see it. Yeah, it's not... Um... Like, it's not something that I want to do either. Like, I never want to do it. And once it's done, 
the fact that I can see it on my hands, because that's the only time, like, I never, like, like, I'd never hit my head worryingly, 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 worryingly hard. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that was awful. I never hit my head, like, really bad or knock myself out or anything like that. And I never make my head bleed or give myself concussion. I hit my head. It's more of a, like, tappy, slappy. It's not... Yeah, I, I've, I've seen you do it. It's I wouldn't say you're trying to knock yourself out. No, no. no like, not at all. It's more just a... I want to get the sort of sting of a slap, but it's not a hard thing. It's the only thing that is is bad is my hands. And they're not bad as in dangerous and they don't doesn't scar or anything like that but it's annoying because it means for like a week following i'll have these like scratches and cuts on my knuckles and that's it's it's embarrassing like i don't i hate it because i hate the fact that after it's happened i then have to go into work and i can see my hands and i'm really embarrassed by it because it's it's not like a normal thing and i don't want people to think i'm a weirdo and i don't want people to think that i self-harm either because i don't want people to think i'm depressed because i'm not and if anything like i worry that one i look weird and two it looks like i'm maybe struggling like with people that do self-harm i don't want to be put in the same category because i don't have the same problems i have different problems but i just don't want people to think that i am struggling in that way because i it kind of makes me feel like a faker because i'm not that's that's not me it's not like a i hate myself and that's why i'm doing it it's purely uh when i'm having a meltdown i get really angry at myself because i sort of in my head i sort of think like why can't you just be normal or why can't you just not let this bother you because i know that it's not the sort of thing that should be working me up so much and it's more uh yeah like i want to inflict pain i either want to distract myself or i just kind of want to be like oh you're being stupid like snap out of it snap out of it but in my head I just think like maybe I could just hurt myself like this and that will make me feel better so like if you do the screaming when you're having the meltdown to yeah. block out the thoughts would you say the thoughts because are they repetitive the same yeah. thought would you say that it's that's like a form of stim the repetitive thought would you reckon that's causing like that then triggers a meltdown it could be yeah um because, like, I don't like, obviously I've mentioned, I don't like repetition. I don't like it when people say the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, like, I don't, I don't like repeating myself and I don't like people repeating themselves either. So, yeah. like, if someone asks me a question or I ask someone a question and they say, what? And then I ask the question again and they go, sorry. I just then go, no, no, I'm not saying it again. Um, and that's because the second I say it the third time, I find that when I say it the third time... I'll either shout it or I'll yeah. say it really aggressively um, because I'm super agitated all of a sudden yeah. from just the the same thing. So like maybe that in itself like is is a stim because I can't I can't listen to the same thing over and over yeah. again. Um, same like I know you're a bit like that when like people are crying in store like kids, um, like children crying or like screaming or like that kind of thing like that. It agitates me. Another thing that really agitates me is sneezing. Yeah. I hate when people sneeze. Like, someone can sneeze once, it's fine. But if someone sneezes multiple times, that's... uh, Like, I have a real problem with my mum because 
you know when you sneeze, you just need to blow your nose. Once you've blown your nose, you'll stop sneezing. My mum just won't do it. She'll sit there and sneeze like six times. I'm getting annoyed just thinking about it. When I used to live with her, it was genuinely a thing that we'd have arguments over. Because she'd sit there, sneezing away, and I'd be like, just go and blow your nose. And I'd get really angry. Um, that's another one I have. <laughs> yeah, like, I know we covered that in sensory, but I can't tell if that's sensory or a stim now. I initially thought that that would be a sensory thing. but Yeah. Um, I suppose it is. It's your like because I'm sensory to certain noises. Certain noises are irritating, but no, I, I actually maybe it's sensory. Thinking about it, I think yeah. it's more that than it is a stim. Um, but then I've realised that stims then bring you out of meltdowns because I mean you've never seen me have a meltdown, and I haven't had a meltdown in. It's been a long time since I've had a meltdown. It's probably been nearly a year, maybe a little bit longer than a year. Yeah. Um, I found that I rock during meltdowns or not to begin with but you know that bit when the main bulk of the meltdown has happened and then you're in the still in it but you're more kind of like aware and more slightly more in control i've noticed at that point then i'll naturally go into like a rock or like rocking motion Mm. um and that seems to bring me out of it like straight away um i don't do the i don't do loud noises or that kind of thing but mine aren't Mine aren't thought, so like in your case, like your meltdowns are brought on by uh, thinking the same stuff repeatedly for too long. Uh, and then you've got the stims of screaming and the pain ones to try and distract yourself from the thought process that's put yeah. you into the meltdown. Because obviously if you if you can't bring yourself out of the thought process, uh, you'll just stay in it. Yeah. But if you can do the stims to bring you out of it. In my case, my meltdowns are normally triggered by um, just a build up of things. So mine will be, mine take like a couple of days to happen and it'll just be a build up of like things that have gone against either routine or just things that have happened that aren't that good. Bad stuff has happened in general. Uh, And then there's like that one last thing. And the one last thing is always something, it can always be something, wait, it's not always, but it can be something really minor, like really minor. uh, And then that's it. I'm done. Um, But like I, yeah, I use the, I rock. I've noticed during it as a stim to get myself out of the, to pull myself out of the the meltdown. Um, there are other things that work for me in that sense, but yeah, I can see I can see why. But I've never had any of the the negative or bad stims. I don't do any of the the stuff you've said, but um, I know it's more common. I know that some people get scared for their, I don't know, sibling like partner that kind yeah. of thing if they have those ones um like in your case like the only times that i've been present for your meltdowns and you've tried to do the head hitting stim um i've tried to stop you but that's it really i've never seen you do any of the other hand ones or things like that um i've just seen your hands after and i've known what that means but that you've never like particularly like damaged the skin there's no like scars in your no there's no scars kind of it's never this is the thing like it's not I'm sure that there are people out there that have way worse and then they I don't know I don't know what you'd be able to do to fix it because like say it's never a planned thing I never think like now I'm gonna hurt myself it's I almost don't know I'm doing it until I've sort of stopped having a meltdown and then I look and think oh no oh no I didn't mean to do that um and yeah, you are quite like nonchalant about it after when people see your scratched up hands. Uh, you are just like, yeah, yeah, like that kind of thing. So yeah. yeah, because I figure like if you, I think that's the best way to go about it. People go, oh no, your hands. And I'll be like, oh yeah, it's nothing. Or people go, what did you do? And I'll just go, nothing. Because I don't, 
like I say, I don't want to put myself. I don't want people to have this like like any sort of sympathy for me because it's it's unnecessary. Like I'm, it, I'm fine. Um, and also, I don't. I don't. I also don't want to explain it either. I'd rather just. Well, you couldn't. I mean, you can now. Yeah. Um, because you kind of know where it is. But like a few months ago, you yeah. you've just gone with. I've scratched my own hands up. Yeah. Why? Because I couldn't stop thinking a thought. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? What I mean? Like it does sound a bit. I think if you don't have the, like, the autistic thing, if you explain that to just someone that's neurotypical, I chopped my own, like, well, chopped. <laughs> I scratched my hands up to stop me from thinking. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It does sound a bit crazy. A bit mental, yeah. Which is why, yeah, people hide their stims quite a lot, or used to, I suppose. Um, yeah. I saw this thing on, like, parenting, which was about, they called it masking or stimming. Do you let your child stim or do you mask it? I didn't bother reading the masking, but I'm assuming masking just means cover-up yeah. of the stim so the child doesn't appear as autistic. But, yeah, stimming's like a normal, like, everyday thing. Um, apparently most people or everybody does like I said I was convinced that I didn't but then after looking into a couple of things I was like oh wait no I do Um, I think everybody does I think it's just knowing what they are and they just seem to be a comfort thing even the bad ones even the bad ones they do seem because you're aware of the fact that the meltdown is not pleasant so you're using these bad stims as a way to make it go away so I think they are talking about a bit more with you now they're all just a way of like dealing with anxiety and stress. And I guess if you know what they are, um, you kind of know to do them at points when you're stressed. Or it's a good marker because obviously a lot of people with Asperger's don't, you don't know what you're feeling. Like it drives me mad when people go, how are you feeling right now? Or how are you feeling within yourself? Like that kind of thing. And yeah. I just sort of go, I don't know. Like I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea if I'm happy, sad. I don't know if I'm stressed. Like, I just assume I'm stressed, but I don't genuinely feel stressed. It's the same with anxiety. Anxiety for me is like a fleeting thing. I'll feel it briefly because like, I've realised my heartbeat's gone up, but that's as far as it goes. Yeah, usually I don't know how I am until someone... If someone goes, oh, you seem happy today, I'll sort of go, oh, <laughs> I guess I am. Or if someone goes, are you all right? You seem like you're in a bad mood. I'll sort of go, oh, I wonder why I'm in a bad mood. Like, it does tend to be a sort of, I judge it based on what other people are telling me. Whereas if you stim, I guess, or if you take a second to realise you're stimming, you must think something's bothering me, I suppose. Or it's a good indicator that something's happening that's causing havoc. Because you don't stim all the time. No. Um, but they must. it must be triggered at certain points. So, like, I think if I start doing stuff, like you said, like me doing the weird noises and voices towards the end of my shift, mm. like, um, yeah, it is a sign of either, like, I've had a long day or that kind of thing. So I don't always do it. And I don't think I do it at home. Um, the voices you do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the voices yeah. I do. I just say odd things in weird voices. Like, I ask for... I, I just ask for... I say sentences to people that don't make any sense. Yeah. And people just tend to go, what? And then I go, yeah. And then I just walk off again. Um, yeah, they all must be an indicator of something. Um, so I suppose if you're somebody that stims and you're stimming at certain points, maybe it's a good way of noticing, pay attention to when you're doing it and try and think why you're doing it based on where you are. Yeah. Um, and then that's a good indicator of like one of your traits or one of your problems or one of the things that you've realised is a... You might have even realised it was a problem, but you're just like, I have noticed that I start doing this every time I'm doing this. And then you know that, that the two things are related to each other. Yeah. 
Um, but then equally, it's a good way of knowing that if you're going to go do a similar situation to just start the stimming early, maybe, like instead of naturally starting it, like get in there and start it. Yeah. It might make that situation yeah, that's true. easier to deal with. I would never, like, would just what you were talking about with the masking or stimming, like, or would you let your child? I'd probably just let them stim. Well, like I say, today it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, these days, nobody... It's, I, it's, I think it's less of a thing. I, I would understand um, if your child has, a, like, a stim that's completely, like, not socially acceptable. Like, say one of their stims is, like... I don't know, like you said, with pulling their clothes, if they did that to an extent where they start, like, revealing, like, their body, yeah. then I, I'd understand the stopping. Or if they're hurting themselves, like, I would I would stop that. Um, yeah, maybe and, find a new one to replace it with or something. Yeah, if you, if you can. Um, like, I don't, I, I don't do the hand thing when I'm around you because you usually stop my meltdowns before by... Um, like jumping on top of me mm. so I, I don't get a chance um, and like I think if you if someone's stimming I would just let them do it unless it's something that yeah is considered like not socially acceptable or is like really drawing attention to them because that might make them worse like if, if everyone's yeah. looking at them yeah. they'll probably just do it more because they're they're more stressed out now that everyone's looking at them so if it's something like that then maybe I'd, I'd try and stop them doing it or take them somewhere more private um so that they don't do that like draw attention to themselves but i would just let i think if you've got a child on the spectrum i'd just let them stim when they can because it is like as far as i can tell i think it is a release and it will make them feel better yeah for being able to do it yeah 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 definitely i think there's more stress linked to not wanting to stim and then being stopped from doing it then because yeah, then you're thinking even more about wanting to do it yeah imagine if they had like gum at work and you asked for some and i went no oh i know <laughs> do you, and like i get really i you might have noticed but i get really annoyed if like i'm stroking something soft and someone tells me no mm. it really like i get uh, all of a sudden my brain sort of flips and i get really anxious and annoyed and yeah. So, yeah, I can imagine. I think it's just a necessary and normal part of being a burger, I guess. Yeah. Is uh, the stimming. You're going to do it, um, but just do it. But, yeah, I think that's it for the week. Um, although I was going to mention the fact that you've now got a possible diagnosis time, date. It's coming up. I mean, it's it's still quite a while away. But it's still vague. It's not quite a while away. They said start of next year. Yeah. It's like September now. Yeah, that's true. So, like, what's that? October, November, December, and then we're there. So, like... Jesus! In, like, two, three months, you could be an official burger. And then you get the badge, uh, the gun, the, <laughs> the, the uniform. The certificate. The certificate. Um, the tattoo. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else comes with diagnosis. Uh, I swear there's, there's, uh, oh, there's the, the burger signal. A lifetime supply of, uh, corn burgers. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's loads of stuff. Uh, loads you. of stuff you get. Can't wait. Yeah. Well, you'll get all like the, they'll probably get you like a social worker and, um, like. Only if I get diagnosed. Ah, oh, you'll get diagnosed. Like, I don't think... Like, I've been saying for ages you definitely will. 
Um, I don't think there's anyone listening to this that thinks, oh, she's a liar. Like, <laughs> she's faking it. Um, I don't think you worry too much. I know. Like, I don't think they're going to say no. <laughs> um, I, I worry. I reckon you'll get diagnosed pretty quickly. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Uh, thanks again for listening. Um, also, like I said, if anybody wants to, uh, you can follow us now on Facebook, which is Them Aspergers, yeah. or it's at Them Aspergers, apparently, yeah. on Facebook. On Twitter, it's at Them underscore Aspergers. Don't know why it's Twitter. I guess it's a bit more fancy. So yeah. it felt that an underscore was needed. Um, but also just look for Them Aspergers. We are literally the only one. I found that if you Google Them Aspergers, we show up first now as a podcast. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah, we're all over various podcast. Uh, I think there's everything now, everything that podcasts were on it. So, yeah. Um, and, um, and there is Instagram. I've put us on Instagram, but I feel like if we're going to do Instagram, I'll have to take a picture of something. <laughs> so we'll, I got to we'll, figure out how to post on that we'll one. Just, we'll just start taking weird pictures of ourselves and yeah. putting that up. But um, yeah, I'd, like there were a few people that mentioned like how to get in touch with us. So yeah, I'd Any do, of it, them. do it through our social media. Most people message us through Facebook. Um, yeah, on the the new page, you can message us on there. Uh, yeah. You can actually message us through Anchor as well, which is where most, this is where it goes originally. Um, but yeah, if you want to ask anything, or even if it's not like a question, you just want to ask something privately or that kind of thing, um, we're pretty good at responding because both of us will see it. Yeah, we both we both read them. Um, we tend to respond based on who the question seems to be more aimed at, but yeah. we both we both have our say in it. Um, and thank you so much for the people that left reviews as well because they were really nice and they made me really happy. Yeah, I know it was the I think they were the ones that were left on iTunes. iTunes, but yeah. most people most people seem to listen to us uh, through iTunes. Yeah. Um, yeah, there seems to be that, or the other one's other, but I don't know what that is. Anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway. <laughs> so that's it. Yes. But thank you, everybody. Uh, Say it. Bye.